Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. On Wednesday night in North Carolina, you could almost feel a window opening, a big bay window, or maybe a giant glass sliding door. It was that kind of window, a spectacular, glistening, gleaming window of opportunity. And from 1,700 miles away, you could almost feel the refreshing winds rushing in because that's how Kevin Durant's debut felt. It felt easy, breezy, the start of something that might be unstoppable, Something that might be worthy of a parade. In game number one, Durant floated seamlessly inside the Suns' offense. He and Devin Booker combined for 60 points. The Suns spent most of the game in the comfortable haze of a double-digit lead. And clearly, there is plenty more to come. Will it be good enough to get through the Western Conference? Who knows? But I'm getting the idea it will be more than good enough for the rest of us in the audience. And here's what else I've noticed. I've noticed that Jerry Colangelo... The man who birthed this franchise seems very happy. And while he won't say it aloud, I think it's because he's very happy with the respect shown to him by the new owner, the one who might be hoisting the championship trophy that Colangelo never could. And last night, it looked like KD was happy. Like, really happy. Like, really content with the new vibe, his new teammates, and the new uniform he is now wearing. He also said after the game, he can't wait for more, just like the rest of us. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, new environment, new situation, new teammates. I I mean, I always feel like I got to prove myself to my teammates and my coaches every day, no matter what I've done in the league. So, like, I feel like it's pressure on me to be who I am every day. Uh, And I put that on me internally, you know. So, uh, sometimes uh, it's it's a balance, though, because I might go too, you know, think too much about the situation and, you know, throw myself off. So, I feel like it's all healthy, though, man. I, I, I got good intentions, and I want to do well out there. And, you know, so I'm just trying to get comfortable. Yeah, Kevin Durant uh, feeling nervous before his son's debut. I think that wore off pretty quickly. He, t- he joked about, hey, taking a shot just to take a shot. And then he got a layup and settled in, went 10 for 15 from the floor, 23 points in just under 27 minutes. And we got another reminder during the telecast on Valley Sports Arizona, too, and, and maybe on social media. Uh, if you, if you caught it there first, but how much Kevin Durant loves hoops on that road trip to Charlotte the mm-hmm. night before they played the Hornets? Kevin Durant strolled into a high school basketball game. I saw support, that to support yeah. the son of a I former teammate, Nazi Muhammad. That. Yeah, um, that's what. If you had any doubt on what a serious baller means, that's what it means. These guys that uh, there's there's guys in the league that you know they're they're doing it because they're good at it. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Devin Booker, LeBron James is one of these guys too. And you can see it always commenting on games on their nights off because they're glued to the television watching everything mm-hmm. that's going on. Kevin Durant is one of those guys. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's just the way he goes about mm-hmm. uh, Chris Paul's one of those guys. Yes, Chris Paul, definitely another one of those guys. Um last night we saw Kevin Durant. You said easy, breezy. Uh, there was nothing sleazy about it. Uh, 10 of 15. Booker, Durant, and Ayton, 32 of 52 combined. 
Everybody else, 10 for 37, mm-hmm. 27%. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. That way, What I'm talking about here is those two guys are so good that you might be able to slog through games and then make them look easy at the end. Mm-hmm. They give you such a margin for error, and they give you the weapons that you need to win these close games against good teams because you look at the game against Milwaukee on Sunday, compare it to the game we saw last night. Obviously, two completely different yes. opponents. Um, but the beauty of Kevin Durant is when the Bucks come out of a timeout and now they are dedicated to shutting down everything Devin Booker is doing and as a result, shutting down the Suns' defense, guess what? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work anymore. I mean, there, you could, Luca Lipinski pointed out accidentally, I think. Luca Lipinski? Luca Lipinski? Luca Lipinski. Yes. <laughs> if you see him, look away. Uh, Boy. They could set it up essentially where at no point in a game either Devin Booker or Kevin Durant is not on the court. Mm-hmm. And how do opposing teams, you know, who don't have deep benches or don't have stars like that, they can't compete that. that you always are going to have either Kevin Durant or Devin Booker on the court for an entire well, game. You just it, it, again, we saw this, we saw this in both playoff series last year. We saw it with the Pelicans in round 1, didn't expect to see it. We didn't expect to see close games and competitive uh competitive series against them, but they had two players that just alternated scoring. And yeah. and it shortened games, and it made games come down to the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, and then then it's anybody's ball game, if you will. And then the Mavericks did that even better with Jalen Brunson and Luca, and it was too much for the Suns. Uh, the Suns now have got the uh, the best, not the not the best, but uh, I I would bank on this combination more than I would Luca and Kyrie, even though Luca rates more as a player now than Devin Booker does, probably close, but that's the facts. Kevin Durant over Kyrie is a blowout. So I, I think from yeah. this, I think from the standpoint of one-two punch, the Suns are pretty good in the Western Conference. Yeah, going back to the fourth quarter and that that um, idea of who Durant's going to be playing with, and and you know it was one game, so we we didn't see the set rotations. But the beginning of the fourth quarter, it started with uh, the Suns uh, leading by six. The lineup that took the floor to start the fourth quarter, Jock Landale, Ish Wainwright, Cameron Payne, Josh Okogie, and Kevin Durant. And the lead got down to six a couple of times. Um, you know, Payne hit a three to put it to nine, then Ubre answered with a, with a th- uh, three of his own. It's back down to six, and you're like, okay, it's getting a little bit tenuous now. And Kevin Durant's just very steadying force offensively. He just got to his spots. He hit those jumpers. And stemmed the tide until some some reinforcements offensively came, and from that point, uh, the game was pretty much over. Devin Booker talked after the game last night uh, because there were a lot of times where he was not on the floor with Kevin Durant, watching KD play with the second unit. There's no feeling like that. You know, I think when it comes down to it, one of us always been the court at all times, which is Trust me, he said it. I'm not going to subject you to listening wow. to uh, the, the hum and the hum and whisper, which is not my favorite U uh, two album, by the way. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, we we did mm-hmm. see it, and even with again those four Landale, Payne, Akogi, and and Ish Wainwright, that's not going to strike fear into many many other teams in terms of hey, we can't keep up with those guys offensively. But you put Kevin Durant on the floor, it's it's a giant band aid. Mm. Yeah, it, I, I I love the way you ended the blast. He can't wait for more. And neither and neither can, can we. we. Yeah, like, that, was a, that was a nice appetizer. Well, and again, I think a, a lot of us in the media who have covered Kevin Durant, 
Um, Because he's not, he hasn't been one of our players. We generally have gotten a lot of Kevin Durant during the times of drama, during the contentious exchanges, during the combative exchanges. It was really interesting to see him kind of chill and happy, Mm -hmm. like he was after the game, just kind of looking around like, yeah, that was cool. I I like that. And, you know, it's. Yeah, well, I, I, here's is, part of it too. That is, vibe was was uh, to me almost as enjoyable as the game say, itself. Is he finally in the no, right no, situation? No, okay, look, again, again, is these are, are you going to try to answer every question after one game? No, you uh, can't. Maybe one oh. thing I wanted to ask you guys real quick. You, you know how like when Emmett Smith played for the Cardinals or nope, Shaq with never the, happened. Shaq mm-hmm. with the Suns, mm-hmm. it just looked weird. They're they're them in a sun you know in a local jersey. It just didn't feel right. Yeah, did true. you get that at all with the Kevin Durant? No, it kind of felt like right. Come on, Jarrett. What Shaq and Emmett Smith were both clearly past their prime. The Suns didn't know it <laughs> on Shaq. They should have. They should have had some clue because the drop off was was evident. Mm-hmm. Emmett Smith got let go by the organization where he set the all time rushing mm-hmm. record. He was. He was done. I, I didn't well, mean, and he wasn't done. I mean, he had a decent second, but it was just that. It was just decent. Yeah, but it's nine hundred yeah. yards. It was sixty some odd yards per game. It, it was so much better than the first year. I think it gets inflated. Yeah, maybe. I just meant sort of like a superstar who came and is now on the local team. No, but, and I think when this is all said and done in Phoenix, and I'm not, I'm not talking about championships, but there's three years remaining. Shaq in a Suns jersey was a blip on the radar. Emmett Smith in a Cardinals uniform was a blip on the radar. And they always get involved. In, they always get included in those slideshows. Athletes who look weird in the uniforms where they finish their careers. Yeah. Kevin Durant will be here long yeah, enough. This to is more people. Barkley in a Suns jersey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is not Michael Crabtree in a Cardinals jersey. <laughs> it's not Terrell Suggs. Not it? Terrell Suggs. Right. Exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. This is not Joe Namath in a Rams uniform. Oh, man. It's not Steve Carlton with Cleveland. <laughs> Steve Carlton played in Cleveland? I, Steve Carlton played everywhere at the end of his career. He played in Minnesota, played with the White Sox. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the uh, NASCAR is returning to Phoenix Raceway March 12, 10th through 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to many new unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season of Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, few weeks away from the beginning of free agency for the Arizona Cardinals and the rest of the NFL, but the Cardinals might be dealing with new questions. Now, this time around, we'll get into those questions next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, fans have been burying me this week. Really? I think so. Why? Made a comment about the facilities. Well, there was a lot of noise out there. There, there tends to be a lot of it was inaccurate. I think a lot of people came in and uh, uh, liked our facility. In fact, Jonathan and the Eagles got a chance to to be here last week and use the facilities. That first voice you heard was a former Cardinal center, A.Q. Shipley. 
who uh, was on with Wolf and Luke on the Friday of Super Bowl week from Media Row at the Phoenix Convention Center talking about something he had said on the Pat McAfee show when mm-hmm. considering the Arizona Cardinals. And at this time, Bick, when he made the comments, it was about, hey, why is it taking so long for the Cardinals to get a coach? Right. Why can't they get a guy in place? They got Jonathan Gannon. Uh, and at the Jonathan Gannon press conference, the second voice you heard was Michael Bidwell talking about, uh, you know, defending the facility and that uh, people had, uh, you know, come in and liked the facility yeah. that the Cardinals have to offer. Well, yesterday, the NFLPA, for the first time ever, mm-hmm. they put out this, you know, wide ranging results of a, of a survey to, you know, they presented to their membership. And it was 1,300 players who were asked to answer questions, not about teams they used to play for, but mm-hmm. teams that they currently played for. They did it anonymously. J.C. Treader, the former player who's now the head of the NFLPA, he said uh, the survey was conducted anonymously because he didn't want players to receive punishment. And the reason why they did this, and a lot of people are asking that question, why did they do this right yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Uh, he said the goal, the goal was twofold. One, to encor- encourage poorly graded teams to improve the working conditions and basic services offered to players and their families. And two, educate players on the state of teams as they prepare to make decisions in free agency, which... Now, on the surface right now, mm-hmm. a few weeks before free agency begins, that last part, that last bullet point by J.C. Treader does mm-hmm. not bode well for the Cardinals because they did not do well in no. the results of this survey. No, they ranked a total aggregate score. They ranked 31 out of 32 NFL teams in being graded by uh, NFLPA members. Now, keep in mind, this is not our opinions. These are the opinions, as Vinny pointed out, of 1,300 NFL players. Yes. And okay. uh, we don't know not, what the percentage of Cardinals players that took this survey, but the results were based on players that are there every day. This is not a panel yes. of a bunch of yo-yo analysts from CBS Sportsline. Okay. Just to make that clear what we're talking about here. It's been a, it's been a very difficult year for the Cardinals from start to finish. We all know that. And we've spent a lot of time talking about it. This is another perceptual slap in the face for the organization um, when you get down to it. Now, if you dig deep into the details of this, because the amount of F minuses the Cardinals got was a little bit alarming to me that you have to be really angry as an employee to assign an F minus to your employer. Yes. When you say that's oh, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. F minus really isn't even a grade. It's not even a grade. Ed, you're right. That's a great point. <laughs> F's is low. There's nothing below an F, so the minus doesn't bring you anywhere. Yeah. You're right about that. So, so to me, I, I I wonder about this, and I wonder about the vibe and what the Cardinals have going right now, and and how much this is truly an issue. I would I would say that that Michael Bidwell this should have his attention now because yes. because what you said earlier is right. If if you go from city to city to city to city, and then you go to the Cardinals training facility, which is old school, it's been there forever, it's been the Cardinals' home forever. You might go, okay, this is not the same as we've seen elsewhere you go at like for instance look at the sons how they used to have to train in footprint center for many many years there was a gym in the basement and it Uh was a joke compared to nba standards now if you lived in phoenix it wasn't that big of a deal until you went elsewhere and went wow these other teams have it really good yeah if we're at that point now where the difference between what the Cardinals do have and what the rest of the league has to the point where we're seeing it in these grades, then you better address this because it's going to affect free agency. It might affect what kind of coach you're bringing in, and it might mean that A.Q. Shipley and 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 Pat 
whoever that um, why uh, Pat McAfee means they were right on the money when they were talking about facilities. When you look at the grades, Vinny, treatment of families, F. Now, that doesn't mean the Cardinals are rude to your family members. It means that if you read the details, there's not like a daycare room. There's not a family room. There, there are not amenities for players' families. The gathering area after right. games was voted, you know, was voted down. Right. So, so I think what it looks like to the grades, it looks like there's facilities that really flunked, and then there's the people component, which graded out about a B plus, which isn't bad. So, so is this really an indictment of just the facilities? When you start reading the details that the Cardinals are the only teams that will charge if you need to box up food, again, it's the Jared Carlin rule, as I'd like to say. Yeah. Because they'll eat you out of house and home if you let them. Yeah. And the Cardinals basically is, you know, they're going Judge Smales on this. Don't you people have homes? Don't you people have homes? But where this was alarming to me in reading those details, Bick, mm-hmm. was once upon a time, the Cardinals, we all know the stories. Anybody that's been in, in, in Arizona, followed the Cardinals, recovered the Cardinals for a while, mm-hmm. you, you know the stories. Wow, the Cardinals, you know, they used to charge you for extra socks, or they used to charge you for cleats, or they would, you know, lock up the cooler so you couldn't get a Gatorade if you were working out. And those were in the old days mm-hmm. of the Arizona Cardinals, before State Farm Stadium opened, before Michael Bidwell took over control of this team. So that's why I agree with you. Seeing this, these results and, and reading the comments about it from your own employees, anonymously, yes, but employees that you have in your facility has got to be eye-opening. And once upon a time, NFL conditions were very Spartan. It's not the case anymore. These professional athletes in football still play a brutal, violent sport, but they are pampered to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. And they're being pampered more in some places than others, and that's basically the result. That's what this trickles down to. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cardinals, if they want to keep competitive on this front, They've got decisions they have to make. That's that's how I took it. Well, yeah, and again, at a time when the Diamondbacks are looking for a new home and the Coyotes are trying to get a stadium, I mean, it, is that what we're talking about here? Is that Michael Bidwell now has to go to municipal partners and say, okay, we got to talk. We've got to go do for our team what, what uh, the city of Phoenix did for the Suns. Maybe. I mean, let's look at the age of that facility. Cardinals moved to Arizona in 1988. I'm not sure sure exactly when their facility in Tempe opened, but it wasn't long after. So you figure in 89, 90 at the latest. Um, And, you know, at that time, it probably was state of the art compared to what they had in St. Louis. It's It's an ever evolving arms race when it comes to facilities and amenities. No doubt. And and again, it's like I am not going to get I'm not going to rip this football team over not having a day enough sufficient daycare space for family members in the team's facility. I'm not going to get worked up about that. But if but if you're the only team that's charging players for food, that's going to get people talking. That's going to get people whispering. Oh, yes. too close to the old Cardinals. But if you're also a player, let's say you're a player for the Cardinals and you're a single dad and you played in Indianapolis prior and you're like, wow, what, what a great, you know, reassurance that I can go to work and I can drop my kid off at the daycare center and just pick him up right there. But, you know, I'm with the Cardinals now and they don't have that. That's that's going to okay, reflect a fair point. on you. It's a fair point. Um, uh, the other thing that, that was uh, alarming is that on the report card in some, the Washington Commanders had four Fs, the Cardinals had five. Yeah, You should not be having more Fs than the Washington Commanders, no matter who you are. Okay? Howard... <laughs> <laughs> Bolzer, 
<laughs> he tweeted out. Um, he tweeted out about how a lot has been made for the Cardinals' new plane. The NFLPA reports that only forty-eight percent of the players feel like they have enough room to spread out. I've actually heard this because I've referenced the Cardinals' new team plane enough. I've had people tell me that it looks great from the inside, but guy on the uh, uh, but it looks great from the outside, but on the inside it's not. All that. I've just again. I haven't been on it, so I, this is not Dan Bickley reporting. This is just hearsay that's crossed my ears. And how? And apparently, Howard Ball Ball Ball. <laughs> right, right. He reports that this is part of the thing too. So to me, when I look at this, there's elements of this that I'm like, okay, that's that's not that big of a deal. But part of this. This is a very big deal. And if it's preventing you now, as you pointed out, too, we're going into free agency. Yes. Now, I'm not sure a lot of people are expecting the Cardinals to be all that active first time around with Monty Austin Ford. Doesn't feel like it feels like a recoup some assets kind of year. Yeah, you know to what get I mean? like real live NFL players into some holes that they need as opposed to making the big splashy free agent signing. There uh, is that. I, I, I'm not casting stones. No, here. but I, I can guarantee you the reaction to this story from some big mm-hmm. though was and, and some that might be listening to our conversation right now mm-hmm. is the NFL's gone soft. Look, the Cowboys have the best amenities across the board. It's a palace. I've toured that facility, yeah, and nuts. I was blown it's away. Insane. And that was over a decade it's ago. Insane. They don't win anything. No, I they don't. don't win a damn thing. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And you're you can absolutely also, right. And I don't think it's unfair for the for the the NFL's gone soft crowd to say those type of amenities can soften you as a player, therefore soften you as a team. But it, it it's about keeping up with the Joneses too. Yeah, no pun listen, intended when I talk if, about the Cowboys. Because yeah, if if you've got players who play for you who roll their eyes about the uh, conditions, then that word is going to get out across across the league. Uh-huh. A team will will roll into another team stadium and go, man, you guys got it good here. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you guys have? Oh well, you should see our floor and our weight room. There's you can't walk in there barefoot without getting slivers. Now, and I'm being theoretical. Here. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't want because if that spreads. Then that then it becomes a thing. Then perception becomes reality. So listen, Michael Bidwell during a few different interviews uh, that that he did, including with us, the two segments he spent with us, he, he threw out the number two hundred million dollars a couple of different times. The amount of money that had to be invested into the staging of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that prevented the Cardinals from doing other things. All I am Good going question. to all I'm going to say is that I, it, it, they better allocate. This kind of resource and these kind, this kind of focus now to some of these other things here. I think that that's may, fair, right? That may or may not be issues. Yep. Uh, coming up next, we will talk Suns and KD. Yes, we finally got to see his first game in a Suns uniform. Tom Leander, pre and post game host from Bally Sports Arizona, will join us next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata mornings. It is the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios. Let's yes. go! We got to see Kevin Durant in a son's uniform. They beat the Hornets last night. They move on to take on the Bulls. And our next guest uh, got a close-up and personal, not only that, but also a convo, post-game conversation with uh, KD himself. Tom Leander, pre- and post-game host for the Suns on Valley Sports Arizona, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Tom, how are you, man? I'm good. It wasn't exactly close-up. I was well, Charlotte, but yeah, True. I mean, he was his he was right next to me on the TV monitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on, uh, in the spirit of what the uh, NFLPA did, 
uh, you know, about uh, experience at work. I want to get your experience. What was your on hold experience listening to Jarrett Carlin's update, Tom? Rough. <laughs> no, I, I I love Jarrett, man. I you know I like when you mix it up. Plus, you know, we, I don't want to try to pronounce all those hockey names. I have enough time with Rasho Nasterovich. <laughs> it's listen, dude. It, it's like our curse. Yesterday, I could not. I can't even tell you how many people came up to us and said, "We love the way you were making fun of Jarrett yesterday." So his flat-out incompetence is his gold. It's his meal ticket. He's more. He's the most valuable player. That's right. It's my. Brand. He's like our Kevin Durant now. <laughs> Hey, TC and I always say the more we screw up, the more human we are. And we can laugh at ourselves and let everybody else laugh at us, too. So, you know what? I I stopped trying to be perfect a long time ago. Jarrett is more human than anybody. Uh, We can say that again. Uh, (laughs) Now, let's get on to the basketball game. You had a good observation. You said one of your favorite moments of the game was watching Devin Booker come into the game and Kevin Durant sit down, or vice versa, one or the other. But seeing one guy come out and one superstar come in, like, okay, we haven't had that in a while. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice little staggering effect, isn't it? And I kind of like KD's reaction to that, too. He smiled. I think he liked it even more than I did, just the fact that, you know, they're back and forth. And you could see how smooth that transition was between the two of them. And just looking at KD's face and listening to him, I mean, I felt that way about the press conference, you know, a week or so ago. He just looks humble and happy and comfortable here. So, you know, I didn't know what to make of him personally. I, you know, I think I've interviewed him a couple of times over the years, but didn't know what kind of a dude he is. But uh, he just seems to be, like I said, really grounded, um, just incredibly happy to be a member of the Suns at this stage of his career. Being around Monty Williams, you know that there's so much respect there, and especially with Booker and Chris Paul as well. And You know, I loved how Aiton played last night. We didn't yes. even talk about him all that much. I mean, 16 and 16, and the perfect role for him is just, you know, just be ready for those dump-off passes and grab as many rebounds as you can. One of the things that I love about this dynamic with, with Kevin Durant's fit in, in Phoenix, Tom, is that it's been talked about for years how, and it really came to the forefront in Brooklyn where everything was dysfunctional and people pointed to Kevin Durant to maybe right the ship as, as a leader. And he's made it clear, like, I'm not interested in being a leader. I just want to play basketball. So he moves on from a dysfunctional situation in Brooklyn to a place where there's defined roles. This is Devin Booker's basketball team. Chris Paul is the unquestioned on-floor leader of this team. And Kevin Durant might have found a perfect fit just to blend in and do what he does. Does and that's play basketball, and that's what he did in Golden State. I mm-hmm. mean, he let Curry and Clay and Draymond do their thing. Uh, but it's interesting, even though he doesn't want to be a leader or maybe the vocal leader out there, you can see everybody else looking at him. Yes, I mean, and you can see everybody else feeding off of him. So yeah, maybe he's not going to be that rah rah guy in the huddle or you know coming out of the locker room. But he is the leader. I mean, he is the guy that they're going to look over. And like I said, if it's a big time moment in the final seconds, and he just makes everybody else more comfortable, and he just he can get yeah. any shot he wants at any time. And in that kind of you know, aura around him that makes him a leader. For a guy who has uh, sort of picked up new beginnings in multiple NBA cities, I agree with you. Your post game interview with him, he he seemed really content. Uh, there was an element of relief in there, but it just there just seemed to be uh, an element of personal happiness that that I think really came across. It obviously hit you as well. Uh, what do you think that's all about, and how important do you think that is to the grand scheme? Well, I mean it's. It's everything. As long as he's happy here, like you, uh, you know, Vince was just saying too, he was not happy in Brooklyn. I mean, there was so much dysfunction there. Um, but for him to be honest enough too to say that he woke up 
really nervous. He wanted to impress his new teammates, his new city, his new fan base. I did not expect that answer at all. I figured it was going to be Kevin Durant going, you know, it's just another game and, you know, I'm going to get lost in the game itself and just be in the moment. But for him to admit personally and to reveal that side of himself, I I thought that was the best part of the interview. And it was just eye-opening for me. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds, you know, in the next few weeks too, because you know they're only going to get more comfortable. You know over the next 48 hours, Monty and Kevin Young are looking at film to try to find those weak spots uh, in their offensive schemes. And then defensively, I thought it was really solid. I mean, TC brought that up, too, in the postgame show and with KD. I mean, just pointing out different areas on the court defensively on pick and rolls, and I could see KD directing people in his first game with the Suns. So there were some really good sides last night. Tom Leander, Suns pre- and post-game host on Valley Sports Arizona, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, we've spent a good portion, and it's impossible not to, Tom. We're talking about the positives, what we saw. I think maybe it was the perfect uh, opponent in Charlotte to get out those jitters and those, those first game issues, but when you look at this team moving forward, 19 games left in the regular season, fourth in the West. Some people have elevated them to the Western Conference Finals. We'll, we'll see if that happens. But when you look at the road ahead, what concerns you, if anything? Just like you said, 19 games. It just doesn't seem like a whole lot. And also the other concern is, is KD going to play in all of those games? I mean, will he even play in Chicago? I think he will. I mean, I think you guys have seen him, too, on the practice court leading up to the game last night. He looks 100% healthy, but who knows? We don't know how he woke up this morning. Is he achy? How's that knee feeling? Are they going to have to rest him every other game, even if it's not a back-to-back? That's my biggest concern. It's just not a long enough ramp-up time to really feel comfortable, at least for me, knowing going to the playoffs that you know they're going to be able to compete with those teams that have been together all season. Yeah, now, uh, I, I'm curious if you you think about this now and you extrapolate, what, what else did you feel from last night's game that's applicable to everything going forward? You know, one of the things I really was impressed impressed with the bench. You know, I think that's another part of it. You can't just throw everything on the big four. Obviously, Akogi didn't provide much offensively, but he's going to be there on defense. I still think he's a really good part of that starting unit, but it could be Torrey Craig, and Torrey came out, hit his first three shots. So for me, it's as much the bench. And, and one of the guys I feel is critical is campaign. I just, you know, oh, yeah. knowing the campaign was coming back and envisioning him pushing the pace, Booker running a wing, KD running a wing, Payne getting it up the floor, getting quick early looks. That really excites me, and we haven't even seen that yet. So I think uh, just kind of integrating the bench. You know, I thought Jock looked good at times. I think there are going to be times where Bismack is going to be mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, you put out there for his defenses, rebounding. He doesn't need shots. Uh, I think he's going to play a role for the Suns as well. Um, but certainly, you know, just time together for the big four um, and seeing how that plays out come playoff time. You know, right now, like you said, they're at fourth in the West. They're a game and a half ahead of Golden State and the Clippers. So as long as they have home court advantage in the first round. But there's still some scary teams out there, oh, guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's happened with New Orleans. I do know Zion's been injured. But that was one of the scariest teams. And yeah. There's just so much competition out there. And having the Suns ready and just, you know, all guns ablaze and come playoff time, that's, that's what's most important. And, and going deep into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Tom Leander, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Before we let you go, Bick talks about this all the time, and he's right on the money when he talks about it. This town as a sports market 
loves the party. They love the big star spectacle events. I can only imagine what next Wednesday night with the Oklahoma City Thunder coming to town again is going to feel like when we finally have resolution that the home crowd is going to get to see Kevin Durant. Have you thought yeah, about that, that much, Tom? Yeah, oh, definitely. And I felt that was kind of the letdown last night. I mean, certainly it was great to see KD introduced and score his first basket with the Suns. But, I mean, that Charlotte arena was pretty dead. I mean, there were some Suns fans yeah. in there. Yeah, um, and I just thought, yeah. I thought the game was pretty flat for the most part. I mean, outside of KD, if KD wasn't playing in that game, I don't know if anybody would have been watching that. And I'm sure the ratings were great last night. So I'm uh, super excited for him to come back to Phoenix. And, and I love Vic's column about, you know, the stars aligning here in Phoenix and, you know, when it's Barkley and Fitz and uh, Randy Johnson. I mean, our fan base will just eat this up. And to feel that excitement and to be there next Wednesday, yeah, that's that's going to be the moment, I think, that everybody's going to really remember. I don't think as we look back, we're going to go, yeah, boy, you remember that just the buzz in Charlotte against the Hornets? No, it, uh-huh. it, it'll be the game on Wednesday. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Tom, thanks for joining us. Always appreciate the time. Good to talk to you. Anytime, guys. All right. Take th- care. Thank, thank, you, thank Tom. you, Tom. Leander, Suns pre- and post-game host on Valley Sports Arizona. Longtime Suns fan, too, by the way. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals have the number three overall pick in the draft. And a guy who had been connected to them in a lot of mock drafts is in some soup. We'll get into how it soup. could affect the... I'm sorry, what was that? What's that? Yeah, all right, wake Jared. up, Jared. <laughs> Stir that soup. We'll uh, get into how that could affect the Cardinals moving forward next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. This is a terrible situation, but you do have time. And the fundamental question, Scott, we would have to answer from a team perspective is, is this a really good person who had a once-in-a-lifetime aberrational event and there's no other pattern of bad behavior? Or is this somebody with a real problem? And again, it's a terrible situation, but fortunately, they have time. We're sitting here. It's early March. You have several more weeks to the draft. And now you have to scour and get the right information to make the determination that if you gave Jalen Carter more time and more money, how is that going to play out on the next level? And now if you're the Bears, Scott, this is huge because if you were going to trade back, maybe, and stick with Justin Fields, and you're thinking, well, I could come out of this with either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, now if it's only Will Anderson, maybe you can only trade back to two to Houston and not four to Indianapolis. That's uh, Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL executive, now with ESPN, talking about the Jalen Carter situation, how this could affect teams' draft prep. Mm-hmm. He started at the top with the Chicago Bears owning the first pick. And, yeah, we talked about the Cardinals losing flexibility in all of this, potentially mm-hmm. with this Jalen Carter situation. Uh, he was uh, he did uh, post bail last night late in Athens, Georgia, after leaving the combine to go uh, basically turn himself in on these misdemeanor charges mm-hmm. of reckless driving and racing. But uh, misdemeanor that you know, potentially his role in it led to or at least was connected to the deaths of two people in the Georgia football. Well, program. and again, you, you talk about the amount of bad decisions that were made by Jalen Carter here. And there's a laundry list of them. And uh, starting with being very deceptive to police and, and you can yes. and you can extrapolate the reasons why that might be. Uh, I, I do think that this is going to be something where Jalen Carter is going to pay for this in in some regard, because I I don't think he's going to stay top five. 
I, I don't think there's – I don't know how you could as a football team look at this situation and not go, yeah, give this kid a lot of a lot of money and a lot more free time and what's he going to do with it? Uh-huh. I, those are very fair questions after that episode. Yes. For those who don't know, a teammate and a member of the Georgia coaching staff perished in the other car, and there are reports from witnesses that, that it, it, the car that involved the people who ended up perishing – was racing downtown through Athens, Georgia. 104 miles an hour yes. at 2.30 in the morning while the driver of, of said vehicle that did pass away had a blood alcohol level of .197, yeah, right. which and, is almost unheard of. Yes, and so then you get that, then you get the fact that that you know there's probably a lot of cameras they can go back mm-hmm. and sort of reverse engineer and kind of piece this thing together. And and so Jalen Carter's come out and said, I'm very, very confident I will. there will not be any criminal charges coming. Yeah, I, I don't think he's up for criminal charges. He, he, his defense is going to be, hey, I was speeding, I'm sorry, you know? That's 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 what his defense is going to be, but but the fact of the matter is you have to ask yourself, wow, that's that's those are staggering a lot of bad decisions for a guy who yeah. is about to get the biggest payday of his life, and from a guy who again, police said he did, he didn't show signs of drinking. I mean, if you're talking about wanting character guys to represent your football team. Mm-hmm. And you, which they specifically have said, which they have, the Cardinals have said when it comes. Well, they they specified mm-hmm. f- uh, high football character, but it bleeds over to other areas. I mean, and a sober person who witnessed what he witnessed with two people that he knew and cared about at some level mm-hmm. going through that. I know. And the reaction is, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, Courtney Cronin from ESPN Radio uh, talked about uh, you know a potential fall, as you've uh, kind of hinted at, Bick, for Jalen Carter in the upcoming draft. I'm sure, you know, in talking to some people around the league this morning when this stuff broke, I mean, they were not clued in on it uh, just as much as the rest of us. So when that initial shock wears off and you start doing more research and trying to figure out, you know, what the truth of the matter is, figuring out the facts, that affects someone's draft stock. And I know this is somebody who was projected to go number one overall potentially, or even the Bears ended up not taking him there. If they were going to take him somewhere, you know, in the two to four range, if they were able to trade back the number one pick, that stuff affects where guys, you know, fall. News like this comes out, you may stumble way out of uh, where you were expected to go. And I don't want to speculate on like where in the draft he could fall, but there's a lot of information to be gathered here uh, that's going to you know, really tell us a story about how teams view what happened and you know, ultimately how that's going to affect where Jalen Carter goes in the draft. Rick Spielman is former general manager, most recently uh, the Minnesota Vikings GM uh, in 2021. He's now with CBS Sports. Uh, but he kind of put the GM hat back on in a situation like this leading up to the draft. What would he want to see from a player like Carter in this situation moving forward? I'm anxious to see how he responds to these allegations. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times maybe it's because of the lawyers involved or the agent involved, but they may say, I cannot make any comment at this time due to the legalities and the legal situation that I'm currently in. And you understand that. But as an organization, you're going to have to do everything and devote every resource you have to definitely get to the bottom of this because, God forbid, you draft this player and you draft him where he's probably going to get uh, picked in this uh, this upcoming draft and all of a sudden he's in jail the next two or three years, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, and he also yeah. talked about how a team specifically could react to this news as it stands now. There's so many things that have to be answered and you have... 
time between now and when that draft comes to get as many of those questions as answered as possible. But what happens next is once you get that information, you're going to be in that draft room. You're going to be talking to your scouts. You're going to be talking to your coaches. But most importantly, you're going to have to talk to your ownership. And you're going to have to make a decision with the news coming out today. Is it still worth us taking this player with the type of uh, situation that he's currently in. You hit the nail on the head earlier. This this definitely applies to teams near the top of the draft, mm-hmm. i.e. the Arizona Cardinals at number three. Jalen Carter, if, if this and what he's promised is that he'll be able to clear his name and be exonerated in all of this, and he hinted at inaccuracies being reported. Uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, Jalen Carter probably has a future still in the NFL, oh, I but it's so. going to be much later in the first round, uh, yeah. if not much later in the draft. Yes, and and I think it's also very odd how in the NFL, if you've got a top ten pick, it's taboo. You you can't you can't waste such an asset on a guy with low character. But if you're a, if you're at pick twenty eight, it's okay. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that doesn't really need a first round a contributions from a first round pick, it's okay to take a risk on him, well, which is really odd. It's really bizarre to me. Draft history is littered with guys that were in that situation that panned out well, and littered with guys in that situation who flamed out famously. Mm-hmm. I mean, Randy Moss had all kinds of oh yeah, you know, you know oh yeah, baggage attached to him when he came oh, out yeah. of Marshall, despite the fact that he was a devastating receiver. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, you mentioned Tyron Matthew earlier. Tyron Matthew, still in the league, worked out You know, a decade later after being a third-round pick. There's no way, talent-wise, he should have been a third-round pick. But for, for those guys, there's you know at least an equal number of guys on the other side. You do it. wonder, though, if this narrows it down now even further, where it's either Will Anderson or trade the pick. <laughs> well, that's about I, it. I think the other possibility right now is how much do they really like uh, the Wilson kid from from Texas Tech coming off the edge. Lots going to change, and they're still going to be jockeying for position with with quarterbacks mm-hmm. elevating. It's this uh, is a an incredibly unfortunate incident that happened for Jalen Carter. It is, but it yes. does add intrigue to the top of the draft if you want to look at it just strictly from a football standpoint. Yeah, no, it really does. It it changes the machinations at the very top, and 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 who is going to be looking for what? Mm-hmm. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next as we. Hit the 9 o'clock hour on this Thursday. Lauren Koval will take us through some social studies, and we'll find out what you have to say on the subjects of the day. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.